This is a Crowd Podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. What's DD? I, I, Laura's face is when that I is a sex thing. thing. I thought it was a sex <laughs> thing. So I, was like, I, just, I did not exist to go there. <laughs> Sorry. I immediately knew that. I thought Dungeons and <laughs> still no. <laughs> Lauren, look how sunny you look. You look beautiful. How are you today? Thanks, I'm really good. Thank you very much. Sun is shining. I feel fabulous. How are you? I'm good. Doesn't it have such an impact on your mood? I know it's a cliche, but when the sun is shining, like I do feel like a different person. I feel fabulous. I want to get the summer wardrobe out. I'm also on annual leave. I just love the world and it's everything is good. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to talk to you about something before we start today's episode. Okay. Now, I haven't watched it and I know that you have, but I think we mm. need to talk about it. Naked Education. So this is from yes. the people that do Naked Attraction. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The show where they suddenly reveal gentles, right? <laughs> and this is meant to be an educational show. Okay, so it's completely different, really, oh, okay. from Naked Attraction. So Naked Attraction is where, like, yeah, they basically have people sound in these kind of, like, cubes and then they reveal, the, like, the genitals first, then their, like, chest and then their face. And it's awful. So it's basically all based on, like, appearance. And I hate it. It's horrible. It's cringe. Why would you do that? No judgment, but why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Naked education is different in that what they're trying to do is, I think it's mainly for teenagers, is kind of, like, educate them on, like, all bodies come in different shapes and sizes. Because I think... A lot of teenagers and young people are very influenced by porn. That's the kind of like preface of the show. I want to tell you something quite funny now in that they actually asked me to go on it. Did they? (laughs) Genuinely. Um, Wait, go on Naked Education? (laughs) Yeah. Shut up. So they wanted me to go on and strip naked, basically, to show like different body types and stuff. Shut up. And then go into the schools, basically, and maybe like talk to them. And it's so funny because I posted about it on my socials recently and quite a few other plus size content creators messaged me to say that they had also been approached interesting and we felt a bit icky about that because we're all kind of got slightly sort of public profiles Mm. and it just felt like they were kind of making us a bit of a like a a gimmick I don't know anyway I literally said that you could pay me eight million pounds and I would not do it I think the show is good I think that it's like a really good introduction to like body positivity and body confidence and diversity I think it's a little bit light in that I I think as someone who has done a lot of research into like this area and like the background of body positivity and all of those things like it does feel a little bit light to me but I think it's really good it's come under a lot of flack hasn't it I don't know if you've seen it's had a lot of Ofcom complaints from people Mm. saying that there's too much nudity in it and it's like not right that they're putting these nude bodies in front of teenagers like honestly Karen get over it because there is a massive problem with young people thinking that they need to look like porn stars and it's great i think they're seeing actual real life bodies i actually wish there's a little bit more body diversity in there because everyone is pretty much like straight size honestly i don't think i don't think it's a bad thing at all i couldn't agree more and I, the only thing i know about it so i haven't watched the show but i did read uh, what came out recently about people saying that oh you know how dare naked people be shown to teenagers well teenagers are seeing it Wherever, like, it's in movies, yeah. it's in TV, yeah. it's important that they're watching, right? I haven't watched it. I can't pass judgment on the content of it, but I think it's 
a good step in the right direction of let's show a bit more body diversity in a body positive kind of way. Mm -hmm. That's all good. What I really find disgusting is that one of the things that some people have said that is so awful about the show is that it's promoting paedophilia, right? And this is incorrect because this is the assumption that by showing a naked body, you are sexualizing it. You're not sexualizing anything. Yeah, That's your take on that. Yeah, I agree. It's not being sexualized. This is educational. Mm. Right. And yes, it's a Channel 4 show and it's t- and it's for, for entertainment and all this kind of stuff. But the paedophilia stuff is wrong. It's disgusting. That's not correct. If you're sexualizing, then that's a you issue, right? Yeah. I just great. think it's uh, great. Also, like I would say that the teenagers that they've got in the classroom are older. And at one point they actually asked them what age they were when they first showed the porn and 13 was the oldest. 13 was the oldest? Jesus. Most of them had their first experience of porn at the age of 10 or 11. Are you serious? I'm serious, yeah. I Which swear I think is you. very different from our generation because I was very late to, to it. I found that very, very sad. My first experience of porn was actually watching Two Girls, One Cup at uni with my friends. That really, was yeah. like I didn't watch it before that. So mm. 13 was the oldest. Yeah. Right. Then if kids are watching it, you're not going to stop kids and teenagers doing these things. So let's give them a fighting chance of having better education about it. Yeah, I could not agree more. Hiya, babes. It's me, Danny Beard, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK and Grinder Heartthrob. And I'm DJ Billy Andrew, queen of the clubland and personal bodyguard to Danny Beard. And together, we host the Gossip Gaze podcast. We dish all the goss on the LGBTQ plus community, discuss the latest social sensations and gobble the finest treats in Snack of the Week. You can find us on all your podcast providers. Plus, make sure you follow us on all socials for our highlights at Gossip Gaze Pod. Episodes are released every week. See See you there. Gossip Gaze. I'm already filled with so much joy to the point where Laura and I are dressed in bright colours and you will know why in a second. We've spoken before how much we love today's guest and I cannot contain myself anymore. So a huge welcome. She is a runner-up of the 2018 Bake Off. She's winner of 2022's New Year's Bake Off. Dopamine dressing icon, queen of all kitchens. It is Kim Joy. Hi, Kim Joy. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Hi, Laura. That was an amazing intro. I love oh. it. I want that intro every morning. I'm happy to record that as your uh, like incoming call message. That would be fine. That would be nice, wouldn't it? We can do that for you. We can arrange that. Um, no, we've been so excited to get you on. Lauren Lauren is like legit obsessed with you and apparently you're her favourite Bake Off person ever, which I think is quite rude. But I know this is a weird time. So I'm looking at you both on my screen. Luckily, we're not in person today, so no one's going to take it personally. But I've got you both on my screen. I'm just like, this is just joy. This is wonderful. Both my favourite Bake Off people. I cannot possibly choose. So the first time I met Kim Joy was at Lottie's book launch, I think, wasn't it? And uh, I remember Lauren saying to me afterwards, she was like, right, I need the tea on Kim Joy. Is she as nice and as genuine in real life? And I remember saying to you, she's actually even nicer, like even more genuine. And Lauren was like, I can't cope. So yeah. Oh, I'm Big so fans. happy. You know, like after events like that, I have this thing where, you know, when people like really like me, I get even, I get so nervous because when your self-esteem talks to you and it says when people like you or they don't really know me and when they really know me, they're not going to like me. And it's not because I think there's something really to not like about me. I just, it's just that mm. that core feeling and it's so mm. hard to shake. So yeah, that is definitely going through my mind. 
at this moment. It's so frustrating, but I'm really happy that you like me and I'm just going to try focus on that. And I like you guys. I love you guys. Thank You're you. great. I think you can just tell with some people that they're, they're good eggs. Like I really, really resonate with people that do feel like sunshine and do feel nice and calm and happy and cute and everything. And I think that's why I loved you on the Bake Off a few years ago. And I've loved following you ever since. And there's been a few things that we'll talk about today that you've posted that have just really resonated. And I, th- and I really like that. So that's why people like you. And I hope that like ongoing, it can sit in there. I understand sometimes taking compliments is so hard, but you know, good people deserve to know that they are good people. And yeah, that's why you're here. And that's why all our listeners wanted you. <laughs> that's what we did too. I love it. I always try like when people give compliments, I just try and say thank you rather than like, you know, sometimes you go, you change a subject or something, but I love it. It's cute. We're going to talk a little bit more about kind of like self-esteem and like body image a bit later on. But for now, we have a fairly new segment on the Girl of Self pod, which is things we don't like we put in the bag of dicks, kind of like a room 101 situation. So is there anything that's kind of like annoyed you or like pissed you off that you want to chuck in that bag of dicks, Kim Joy? It's not a very deep thing. <laughs> It's just uh, the the big the big light the big light the big light in the living room. That's uh, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's never. It's, I just clocked what you mean. Like yeah. when, when Peter Kay says, "Like turn big light on." Yeah, but, yeah. What, what did, did you think, think I meant by big light? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like a giant light, <laughs> and you're like, "Where's the like, giant lights?" <laughs> The it's the thing on TikTok, isn't it? And like, no matter what happens, no matter where, where we are, whatever's going on, we will never, ever be a house that turns on the big light. Also, did you know that in America, sorry, we're now going to get into the big lights because this is important and like genuinely I feel the same. Big lights aren't a thing in America. They just have like sconces and like That's little what? table lights and stuff. Sconces, wall lights. Oh, I heard Kim Kardashian say sconces once and it made me laugh. Uh, and like little, little like lights. They don't have the big lights. Oh, interesting. Oh no, now I'm going to get a bunch of Americans tell me I'm wrong. But I think I'm right. And at this moment in time, no one's here to tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) As Matt would say to me, cool, sorry, bro. Um, (laughs) But you now know something you didn't before. (laughs) Anyway. So we are all dressed in fabulous bright colours today. Uh, We had to, obviously, because you are the queen of dopamine dressing. Can you tell us why you do it and how you got into it? I've always loved bright colours and my favourite colour, like I remember choosing some colours for my bedroom and I was like, I want it yellow, pink and blue. But when I was younger, I didn't really... You know, like, I think when you're younger, you don't want to stand out as much and you kind of want to blend in. And then when you get older, you're like, actually, I do want to stand out. So when I was younger, I used to, I went through a phase of wearing black. I know. No. It's like, you can't even imagine it. I I can't. I I I don't even like talking about it. Do you even have anything black in your wardrobe left? Like black or grey? I've gradually phased them out. Mm -hmm, I understand. I went (laughs) round to my mum's house and I was like cold in her house um, yesterday and uh, she gave me like a grey like jumper to put on top and I actually asked her if she had anything more colourful. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's melting me, I cannot. <laughs> it's the one thing you can kind of do that every time you look down and like at your arm and you're like, oh, it's orange and pink and look down and see colour, it almost feeds back into your mindset and you're like, yeah, I'm like, I can wear colour. I am confident. I don't care what people think. I'm just going to go do this. 
and it makes me feel more powerful. And if I, I always remember this time I wore a, is back before Bake Off and I was going for interviews and I'm really bad at interviews. For interviews, you got to dress like, you know, serious and dark. So I, I bought that. like, had to go shopping specifically for dark clothes and uh, every time you put them on it sucks the energy out of you and I actually blame mm. that for why my interviews I, would. Wrong. I absolutely would you've got to become <laughs> another person don't you yeah you mm. almost got to become this like corporate robot and if that's yeah. not you then that's that's, yeah, that's so not right. true I remember going mm. for interviews as well Kim Joy when I was uh, just out of uni and yeah. I had nothing because I was literally wearing body cons and big heels all the time yeah living my best party girl life and my mum was like right we're gonna go out and get you like a pair of black trousers and a white shirt and I was like even back then I was like I, that's not what I wear. Mm. You're so right. I don't want to have to like basically put on a uniform to do my job, which I do 40 hours a week. Oh, no, that feels wrong. And you can do your job no matter what you wear. Well, exactly, I suppose yeah. it depends on your job, but yeah. And I mm. worked in mental health, actually. And I think it's interesting reflecting on it. There's a pressure. I think when you're working with patients, like to wear a serious outfit, so they see you as a serious mm. person. But actually, in mm. hindsight, I think actually... It probably would have been better if I just went as my colourful self, you know? Yeah, I think the company that me and Lauren used to work for, just as I was leaving, they changed the uh, the dress code. It was quite, it was fairly formal. Like it was smart yeah. casual, but more on the smart side. And they changed it, I think like a lot of companies did after COVID. And it was, it used to be this like eight page document and they changed it wow. to four words. Uh, be your authentic self. Oh, I love and that. And I thought that was really nice. That's I really, really that. nice and yeah. very unlike the place that we work for. I'm very shocked. <laughs> so okay. shocking. Yeah. What job is that? Oh, yeah. so we both used to work at a water company. We got the surface water. Big up surface water. It's not less. Surface water. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. They're great. Be your authentic self. That's so nice. Yeah, I think that's really nice. I really, really like that. Uh, that's and it's wonderful. Weird. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's weird that, like, though, when you go for interviews, you feel like you have to dress like not be yourself because that you're not then going to put your best foot forward. So I think that companies should also maybe look at that as well. And when they kind of giving out interview mm, invites, maybe that's, that's something that they should point. think about. Yeah. Same with um, when you go to the GP as well. I always like tone it down. How do you? It makes you, it makes you feel like you're not going to be taken seriously for wearing colour. And I do. It's so funny because I've started dressing in br the brightest colours and the point where sometimes I feel like I'm wearing a costume but I love it my dad is the most wonderful man in the world but does the dad thing of oh look at you today <laughs> that's very bright isn't it yeah. and it's like yeah dad it is but like and you know I keep saying to him I was like why do I want to blend in life's too short for me personally and again this is you know wear what you want we always say on this podcast doesn't matter what you want if you want to wear black and grey that's absolutely fine but for those that want to wear colours why not what's stopping mm. you Oh, it's just wonderful. What's really interesting to me, though, is like looking at the both of you who both love dopamine dressing, is that I, I don't know, and I might be wrong. So Kim Joy, tell me if I'm wrong. But I, like Lauren is, I don't know if you know this about Lauren, but she's an extrovert. <laughs> shocking. I know. It is so what? shocking. Um, but Kim Joy, you strike me as more of an introvert. Yeah. yeah so it's just, it's interesting to me because it's not something that I would normally associate an introvert as, as doing. Yeah, that is such, I was thinking about this quite a lot recently and thinking about, I somehow stumbled across, there's like a Reddit forum talking about my, how I dress and it's like super positive, oh, um, but then like some are a bit critical, but it's like people equate saying that, you know, if you dress colorful, then therefore you must be confident in yourself and how you're dressing. And therefore you're kind of almost open to criticism or you can take criticism kind of thing. Wild. That was how it was. And I was thinking that's really mm. interesting that people equate 
you know, you're dressing colorful to you are confident because I don't think you need to be confident in all areas to dress colorful. But I suppose confidence is multi-layered and you might be confident maybe in expressing yourself in color, but you're not confident in, you know, people liking you kind of thing. It's interesting. And yeah, being an introvert, like I have to retreat and I need my own time to myself. But the introvert extrovert thing, we're all kind of on a, I think it's also multi-layered. Like we might be introverted in some ways and then extroverted in other ways. And I actually really like it when people come up to me and they're like, oh, I love your coat. Where's it from? And I think it's just so nice to be able to make somebody else smile as well as boost your own confidence. So where I'm going with this is I'm an introvert, but I'm extroverted appearance. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I think that's a lesson for a lot of people though, isn't it? Like as you say, it doesn't mean that just because you're an intro doesn't mean that you have to dress in all black. You don't have to be an extrovert to yeah. wear like bright colours. You can own it. And you do, you rock it. You look great. They Thank suit you. you. We all look great. Do you think you're an introvert or an extrovert, Laura? It's it's funny actually. Me and Lauren have been talking about this quite a lot, this series. And I think I always used to think I was an extrovert because I always kind of was like the bubbly one. I was reading something the other day about how when you are like in a bigger body you are like you kind of lean towards like hyper femininity in terms of like making sure that your hair looks nice and your makeup's nice and you're like the bubbly one and like the good fatty sort of thing and I think for so long I sort of thought I was an extrovert because I pushed myself to be and like doing all the research I have on like body confidence and body image and self-esteem and fat favorite all of those good things I kind of realized actually I'm more of an introvert and I'm quite shy and like I think also Lauren's brought out <laughs> brought it out with me. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but you do but, absorb it from other people. Yeah, yeah. Like is it like <laughs> she's so loud and outgoing and like is so good with people and sometimes it makes me <laughs> want to go the opposite. I'm like, oh, brilliant. She's doing that. I can just kind of hide under a duvet. Like sometimes I feel like I'm putting on a performance a little bit. But yeah, yeah. And that was a very long-winded way of saying I think I'm an introvert. <laughs> Sorry. No, I like it. It's like you've only recently discovered that. And I also love that we got to this from talking about fashion because often when Laura and I talk about fashion on this podcast, we we sometimes uh, like preface it by saying, oh, we know it's only fashion, but like we know it's like really like minimal, but, but actually it's not. Like fashion is, a, fashion is huge. Yeah. And the fact that we've started this podcast by talking about dopamine dressing, by just looking at my screen today with all this colour, it is making me feel sunny and fabulous and lovely it sometimes gives you that boost that you might need and there was a period of time a couple of weeks ago when I was feeling really low and I was like I'm going out for the day I'm going out to see people I need to feel as good as I can I put on the brightest lime green blazer I own and a purple floral dress and I went out and I felt so good in it just because I knew I looked bright and sunny and that for me made me feel so much better dopamine dressing is real I don't care if the science isn't there yet it is real (laughs) it is real I agree (laughs) I feel exactly the same and also the conversation about being you know perhaps more of a shy slash introverted person but still wanting to wear bright colors I think that's really cool as well because you and I Mm. are very different yet both want to wear these wonderful colors and I gotta say when I saw you at the Bake Off musical and that's like the biggest mic drop name drop ever I went to Bake Off (laughs) musical press night don't worry about me it was amazing and you just looked great and it was just fabulous Ah. but I wanted to talk as well because I know you've mentioned in the past about sort of growing up with like anxiety and social anxiety and stuff yeah I know both of you have experienced that then you're plonked on 
the biggest show in the UK in front of millions. And then again, for both of you, you've made something out of it, which is fantastic. And, you know, Kim Jo, you do interviews, you do loads online and stuff like that. Is social anxiety something you work on? Is it something in your life still? And if you've got any tips, share them, share them, share them. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because I remember when you were on Bake Off, Laura, because you went after me, I I remember you messaging me about self-esteem and... And I remember I I was resonating with a lot that you were saying. Oh, yeah, I remember it. I don't know if the trolling had started. And I think one of the producers had said to me, why don't you get in contact with Kim Joy? Because I know that she, yeah, because she said, oh, you know, she experienced it too. And like, she might be able to offer like some advice more than kind of like we can. So I think that was... Oh, wow, I didn't realise the producer mentioned that. Yeah, I think so. It's weird because... As a socially anxious person, you think, people think, well, why would you apply to go on a television show? That's Mm. not what socially anxious people do. (laughs) It's a weird one because social anxiety, it's something I've grown up with. And I used to be extremely, extremely socially anxious to a point where all of secondary school, I didn't talk outside of the house. I'd like certain rules and places I felt comfortable. So there was a certain room at school, which I discovered. So instead of going outside or everyone else, I could go into this like room, which is like a homework room, but I didn't do any homework. And just like <laughs> hang out there because I felt safe. When you're that socially anxious, it's it's like you don't want to express anything of your personality. You just want to be a blank board Nobody notices you from the way, even like changing my hair, I'd be terrified the next day. I would not change anything. I would not change even my school uniform, the way it looked. I wouldn't change it. The way I walked, I made sure that, you know, it was just no attention. I didn't want to look, I didn't look around, (laughs) nothing. So I was really, really social, like I'd say super severely socially anxious. Then I'd come home and I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And then my goal from there was all, I always knew that I'm hiding myself and I felt like I couldn't be myself until I'd sort of left that. I felt kind of trapped for a long time. So when I left secondary school, went sixth form, I went somewhere else so I could like start being me because I couldn't have the people who knew me as the way I was Mm. that's just a non it couldn't happen so yeah I started trying but I still struggled a lot then I thought I'm just gonna go to university and I somehow managed to make friends by drinking a lot and uh (laughs) being the bonkers friend who like Mm. drinks you know people love that so it's great um (laughs) (laughs) so it took me took me a while and then everything in my life, I feel like I've always been trying to push myself to do the next thing that scares me and challenges me so that I can, I feel like my whole life has been trying to be more authentically me. And it all led to eventually the bake-off <laughs> somehow. I met my partner Nabil and moved in with him about a year before the bake-off. And you know, when you've got that stable base and you're with mm. somebody who really affirms you And even though you can't really get your self-esteem from somebody else, it's a good secure base that you can come back to. And so from that base, I felt like, you know, I love baking. This is my next challenge. Just gonna apply for the bake-off. Makes sense. I mean, that's so cool. (laughs) 
it takes a lot of courage though to do that and and you know I certainly can't empathize by sympathize with how much courage that takes to you know it's, it's two different things of wanting to push yourself and then actually doing it and then also applying for the biggest show on the tv <laughs> yeah love it it's like it still doesn't make, really make sense when I say yeah she's gonna apply for the big this massive show that <laughs> you know I know that I'm gonna have bakes that potentially go wrong but it's like this is your life you gotta just take those chances and see what happens and that's what I did. And every stage, like the application process, there's so many stages. And like mm. every stage is sage. I was like, oh no, I'm not going to get through this. And then you get through <laughs> it. Exactly and you're like, what? The same. <laughs> yeah. Why do they want me? Literally everyone. I remember walking out of even like the first, or it was like the third one where you finally meet people and you go and take your bakes up and stuff. And there's like yeah. kind of two parts to it. I remember walking out of there going, oh, well, that was a really cool experience. Like to say that, you, you know, bake off producers have tried your food and like to, to have you know taking bakes up to London yeah and then I kept getting through and I kept going I don't know why like they got the wrong person and then <laughs> I remember doing the te- yeah. they, you do like a technical challenge almost like you're in the tent and they film mm. it it's like a waitress kitchen in London and I remember they they hardly put the camera on me at all they put the camera on the guy opposite me he was like really very very outgoing very confident and I was like cool like that's maybe that's obviously what they want that's not me I've just messed this up and I remember leaving and going to my dad oh well that like that's it that's the end of the road but what a cool experience to say that I've had like a fake technical challenge I was exactly the same as you I was kind of like feel the feel the fear and do it anyway because I love the bake-off I just and I loved baking it was like such a huge passion so I was like I'm gonna do it because I should do it because it's like a cool opportunity. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Exactly, yeah. I think sometimes things are fearful and they're like, nah, don't want to do that. Mm. Some things though, it's fearful, but there's like this bit inside you that's like, but I would really, the real me would love to do that if mm. only. And then those times it's like, feel the fear and do it anyway. But I had Definitely. a similar experience, almost exactly like that for my technical audition that because I remember the camera was barely on me and I totally messed up my bait. <laughs> and the camera was on another, it was like an older lady. And she was, I think, like totally bonkers and cool. And everyone was like so cool. And yeah. I think there was actually a lot of really amazing people within my group because I think Raul was in the technical that I had. Oh, I love Raul. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there was like a, like, there was like, Three, four people, no, three people other than me from that group that came through. Because, you know, they do multiple technical groups. And then the other groups, there's only like one or two. So I think that's why I felt it. Because everyone actually was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You got on the show. You did so, so well. And I actually think it was like a, it was one of the closest finals ever, I think. And it was probably one of the only times I remember watching it and being like, I don't actually really mind like who wins because I loved like all three of you, Aww. and I thought all three of you were amazing. Uh, obviously, love roll, but gutted you didn't win. <laughs> but like, are you glad you did it now? It's been incredible. It was a super stressful time there. I think we've talked about this, like how Bake Off. Yeah. So much stress because it's like nonstop, isn't it? And you've got to, you know, that it's going to be on TV and you want your bakes to be as good as possible. And so you just, and obviously they don't want to give you, I, it's a TV show, so they don't want to give you like, too much time so everyone will be perfect and that wouldn't be fun to Mm. watch so I remember afterwards I was completely at the final I was so exhausted I remember because everyone like hangs out afterwards and I just finished and I just I was trying to stay awake and talk to people it was the most exhausted I've ever felt in my life 
and my eyes were closing and I was like, I'm going to go to bed. So I went to my room and just laid down on my bed and it was really hot and there's no air conditioning in the room. Must have been like 30 something degrees. And I remember my partner Nabil coming in and going, it's so hot in here. And he actually got a cold cloth and like dampened me everywhere. (laughs) It was nice. Oh, bless him. That's hard. Because I feel like your year, Kim Jo, because you were pre-Panny D. Yes. So if I remember rightly, you guys did it every weekend, was it? Whereas obviously Laura's Mm. group, you were taken away, (laughs) quarantined, imprisoned for seven weeks. Taken away. Taken away (laughs) from society. (laughs) And you did it, it was like two days on, two days off. Whereas Kim Joy, yours would have been five days off, two days on. Yeah. Yours then lasted like weeks and weeks and weeks. So does it feel like your life was just taken over by a bake-off for like a year? It definitely, yeah, feels like my life was completely bake-off, buying ingredients, testing bakes, making excuses to people. Um, But I think it's a different (laughs) kind of stress from your experience, Laura, because, you know, you're in, well, imprisoned. (laughs) Whereas I had freedom. I'm not saying that, by the way. (laughs) No, the Daily Mail don't take that. That was my quote. It wasn't. It was, you guys were obviously taken away. It was quarantine. It was what, May, We were quarantined. June 2020? We were were trapped. Yeah, 2020, yeah. Yeah. It's it's so, it's weird. Like, I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. Like, I I really don't like to talk badly about it because I am so grateful for the opportunities I've had since. And I, I am so aware that, like, I would not be doing half the stuff or probably, like, any of it that I'm doing now had I not have had the opportunity but I think it's also like fine to admit that like mentally physically it was the hardest thing I have ever done like I was away from home for seven weeks I like I could barely get internet connection to talk to Matt it was like 10 11 hour days in a heat wave during a during a pandemic and just the mental toll to be honest with you and like Oh, okay. Are you ready for the bake-off pun? I feel like I crumbled in the tent. Like, (laughs) 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 And then I was really embarrassed by a lot of my bakes. Then I was embarrassed about my behaviour. And I felt like the person I was during that filming is not the kind of person that, like, I'm not particularly proud of some of the things that I I did and said and behaved because I was just, I was just exhausted. But I'm very grateful for it. And I still love the show. I still have like awesome memories. It's not, it wasn't all bad, obviously. It was an amazing thing to do. But it just was like, it just was really tough. Like, yeah, mentally, physically, it took it out of me. We know it was difficult, but what I do want to know is like, what was the highlight? I got Star Baker and Spice Week. And that was the first week I was like, actually, I, I can do this. Before that, it was just like, get through the next week. I mean, it was always get through the next week. <laughs> but this time I was like, maybe I do fit in here. Maybe I can do it. Social anxiety never quite goes away, I think. And it's very interlinked with low self-esteem. And so all the time, I'm always worrying people don't like me. I remember thinking that Paul Hollywood hated me. But he didn't. No, not at all. It's an awful way to feel, I think. And I can Mm. rationalize it. And a lot of time I don't know. That's just that part of my brain saying that. And since the Bake Off, I've Mm. become a lot better. And that's another way in that I'm so appreciative of the Bake Off in just making me more confident. It's a pretty good highlight. Bake Off made you more confident. You just, you did so well. Like, and I think it's so, 
it's 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 right that you came out of it more confident but it wasn't like always kind of like roses I know because like there was some negativity and like trolling and stuff like how did you cope with that at the time I remember when the bake-offs first announced there was they let you know like the day before I think they're saying oh it's going to be announced around this time and then the Daily Mail comes out with faces of it all the contestants Mm. and the show hasn't even started yet and they tell you don't look at the Daily Mail comments but I think it's kind of human nature that you kind of go oh I'll just have one quick two second look I'm sure it'd be (laughs) fine and then it's like oh no and I remember not sleeping that night because I was reading all the comments talking about me being a clown talking about you know what she's because it said I'm like a work in mental health and they said oh how can she work in mental health she looks like the patient that kind of stuff oh my god uh, that is horrific they have no lives (laughs) I just that's the thing I find with this whole trolling thing I think you are fundamentally strange if you are going on to any website and posting random stuff about someone you don't know. Mm. So after that Daily Mail, like looking for it, I actually got it on my system. A lot of time, you know, when you can just go like, and you can get super, super stressed. And then the next day you're like, nope, not, I don't want to feel like that. And then I never, I didn't look at it. I was like, I'm done with the Daily Mail. The negative comments were mostly in the first few weeks and then it got a lot better And I was thinking about that recently. It's interesting, some of the comments, like things like, you know, at first I thought she'd be too quirky, but I've grown to like her. And it's almost like people make that judgment based on how you look at first. Mm. And then you almost have to prove something to them if you look different to make them kind of like you. And that takes time. You know, I had a load of really, really positive comments And I actually went, this sounds bonkers. I went for a phase. I'd spend all day replying to positive comments. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So that was my strategy to deal with negative comments was what I'm going to do is I'm going to respond to the positive comments. And if I haven't responded to all the positive comments, then I can't respond to negative because I don't have time. And so that's why, that's how I dealt with it. And the good outweighs the bad now, I'm, I'm assuming. It's like afterwards you can find your people and you're like, because Bake Off is just like, it's open to everyone, whether they're your people or whether they're not. And now it's like, no, I can have my people and the nice oh, people. I think when it comes to Bake Off, people have their favourites early doors mm-hmm. and it can get really brutal. And it's so funny, isn't it? Because it is the most quaint wonderfulness on telly. And yeah. then I think people have their their favourites. And I know, Laura, you experienced this, like probably the penultimate episode of just like that's it people can be brutal and I think it's not really personal when it's like that it's just people have this in their heads that they're their favorites um so I know you both experienced that and that's terrible but what I will say is you posted something Kim Joy recently and I I'm loving seeing people do this online at the minute actually for years the thing with trolling or bullying or anything is just ignore it ignore it oh, ignore it right yeah. And you posted something recently. I think yours was the first one that I kind of saw like this. And, I, and I've seen Alex Light post something similar and, and other people online. And it's like, actually, no. Why are we ignoring it? Ignoring mm. it is not stopping the problem. Mm. By, by not acknowledging it or ignoring it, they're going to continue doing it. Let's call this stuff out. Let's talk about how much of a problem this is for people who have large online platforms. I think I've also noticed that you've 
well, I say recently, but I noticed, I think it might have been like a year or two ago that you posted about like how your arms jiggle sometimes oh, when yeah. you're baking and stuff. And I was like, it was the fun of kind of the first time that I'd seen you post stuff like that. And I was like, yes, Kim Joy, this is, like, <laughs> this is great. I think I remember you messaging me. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I think. <laughs> like, get those arms out, girl, yeah. probably. Something along those lines. <laughs> but yeah, what made you kind of start like to do that? I, I'm, a, I'm an overthinker. I think too much all the time I'm always on Google yeah you know when you're like (laughs) oh I wonder why people like this and then you're like I'll just giggle this (laughs) you do that all the time yeah all the time it's like you just want to learn like why and I always think it's like knowledge is power knowing Mm. kind of why society treats certain things in certain ways gives you power because you know actually that's why people are judgmental about arms jiggling because of this reason or whatever so it kind of so yeah I think just thinking a lot about things like that and it just I suppose comes out in I just don't want people like I look at other people with perfect lives on Instagram and online and sometimes I fall into a trap of like you know when you are like watching people's morning routines and I'm like (laughs) My morning routines are not, <laughs> like, they're so perfect. And mm. I don't want to project that. So it's just sometimes when I notice, like I was just editing a video and I was like, wow, my arms are really jiggly, but I do have really jiggly arms, which is, I'd show you, but my sleeve doesn't quite roll up. It's She's like, got a fabulous jumper. <laughs> All the listeners, it is an orange and pink leopard print jumper. Yeah. I am vibing fabulous. so hard with this jumper. <laughs> Just, I think it's from partly dressing different and having experience feeling very anxious, feeling different, that I want to help other people who kind of feel a bit like that or have insecurities, that it's kind of normal and okay. It's like I posted a, uh, I met this amazing cat called Sigrid, who r- rides around in her owner's bike. <laughs> she's amazing. She's a queen. And she's just so chill. So I met her and she sat on my lap and she was like, you know, doing the cat thing, which was a bit tentative at first. And she finally set to settle down. And my partner, Nabil, was filming me. And I did the thing, you know, when you're wearing like a crop top and like a trouser that meets it, did the thing. You know, when you pull your, you kind of adjust mm. it a bit because you're like, oh, my tummy's showing and I'm on video. And I saw it when I was watching the video back and I was thinking, I've got an amazing cat sitting on my lap and <laughs> I'm adjusting my top because mm. I, it's distracting me from being in the moment and I want to be in the moment. Yeah, I love that. We do get caught up on things like that, don't we? And it's really hard. I can relate to that with like when you see pictures of yourself back and you're like, oh, is that what I look like? Oh, shit. Like, and then you're right. Like, then I think after a while you look back and you're like, oh, I was really happy. Not You don't look at your sort of size. So like, at least you acknowledged it basically is what I'm saying. And we're like, no, must live in the moment. You guys have provided joy for people and... Something I really love in people is uh, this quote I read a million years ago, and I said it on the podcast before, but it's like, have fun, even if it's not the same fun as anyone else, right? And I you, that. I feel like you do that so much and that's your thing. And then other people get joy from that as well. But it's making people feel less alone, showing that they're, mm. you know, we are not, or as a species, we ain't that special. If you've had a thought, someone's also had it as well. Is what I've learned about having a following online. <laughs> Because if you get one message about it, you've had 50 messages about it. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, it's it's showing people they're not alone and showing that you don't have to be one sort of person. I think when we were growing up, mm. it was, you were this kind of person, looked like this, did this. And 
what's so lovely is as we get older, we obviously give left sucks anyway, but we can just have the fun that we want to have, even if that's not the same as anybody else. And, you know, for example, with me, I love going to choir and I know that some people, that is their worst nightmare to go and sing in a group of people. It could not bring me more happiness. So yeah, I think we all do it pretty well. Have fun, even if it's not the same fun as anyone else. So Kim Joy, after everything you've learned from Bake Off, I'm interested to know, what would you say to your younger self? Oh, this feels like a RuPaul's RuPaul's Drag Race moment. <laughs> yeah. Bit, yeah. Which, by the way, can I just say, Lauren has never watched. Oh, I was trying to figure out. Disowned. I was trying to figure out, are you fans? Or, oh, I love it. I'm obsessed. I should be. I think I should be, shouldn't I? You yeah. should. You I'm surprised. It, Lauren. I'm so surprised. All right. yeah. okay. All right. I'm not even kidding. I'm putting it. It's on Netflix. I'll add it to my thing. It, it should be on iPlayer. Watch the UK one. IPlayer. Anyway, I'll... Yes, anyway, sorry. <laughs> UK one enjoy. is the best one though. Like I if you agree. watch the UK one, agree. you'll love it. What was I saying? Oh, what would I say to my younger self? Oh, I'm going to pretend I'm on Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> You're RuPaul and Michelle. <laughs> oh my God, sorry. I just squealed. <laughs> that was a proper, that was a Lauren Smith squeal. I, <laughs> I would say, oh, I really do feel like I'm on Drag Race. <laughs> There's kind of a lot of hurdles to get through. But there are great things ahead and you can do it because you are great. You're smart, you're colourful, you're great and you should love yourself because you're great. Yeah. I need to tell myself this stuff more you often. You do. You need that on a t-shirt <laughs> or something. You're colourful and cool yeah, and great. Yeah, cool and great. I wish I'd like made alliteration of that or something. Colourful, creative. And cool. And we're putting cool in there, Kim Joy. You you're very cool. cool. I feel like you don't think you're cool, but you are. <laughs> you're cool. Ah, you're very cool. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Now, if I went we're into cool. a technical challenge with you both, I'd be like, I'm the uncool one. And like, the, I was like, that was with these two girls and I'm really cool. So yeah, that's you too. <laughs> what, what even is cool? Like, I think history is cool, but Laura disagrees. Again, have the fun that you want to have. And if it's not the same fun, fun you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. Uh, I maybe disagree. Yeah, well, that is yeah. <laughs> I saw um, a TikTok of Taylor Swift the other day. She's like, the worst kind of people of person is someone that like puts someone down for enjoying something. And like, yeah. I always think about this with people that don't like Disney adults. I didn't even realise this was a thing. And I'm like, I don't really get it if I'm being completely honest. Like I like Disney as much as the next person. I don't really get it. I fucking love that other people love it and it brings them joy because yeah. there's not loads of joy sometimes in life. Like life is tough, especially at the moment. It feels very doom and gloom. So if that brings you joy, then like Lauren, you were saying, like it brings you joy, doesn't it? Like, I don't know. Just, I did, well, this is it it's all about just the whole thing and I love that we're saying this in an episode with Kim Joy because I think it really is all about being your authentic self not really yeah. worrying about what other people think and say about you because it's your life you have to live in that happiness and Kim Joy I hope you look at yourself when you were younger and so, you know when you didn't speak for that time and I hope like like you would say that your younger self would be proud of you now because oh, yeah. I think you're living as a, your authentic self I hope you are and I think you are and you're helping other people to do the same and I think that's just like the best thing you can do if you've got a following and you both do it so well so oh guys this has been as great you, thanks very much as do you yeah living your authentic self and finding your kind of joy I was thinking that when you're talking about Disney because I was thinking about how you know like some things are so uncool and then they're like so cool and it's mm. like but back when it was uncool there'd be people going oh what are you into that like my partner Nabil used to be really into D&D &D, 
What's D and D? Dungeons and Dragons. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Dora's face <laughs> no, is no, that. I thought it was sorry. I thought it was a sex <laughs> piece. I was like, do I know exist to go there? I immediately knew that. I was like, I thought Dungeons and still no. Dungeons and dildos. Dungeons. Dungeons does kind of sound like a sex thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, we got a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons Dungeons so and Dragons sorry, was on. so uncool, but now it's kind of there's like a coolness to it. Mm. All geek culture as well was very uncool, and now it's kind of cool. Yeah, you're so right, and I love that. I like to say embrace you and be your thing to yourself. Matt is going to absolutely kill me for saying this, but he's like he loves it, like gaming and stuff, and he's really yeah. into World of Warcraft. And like for years, he just wouldn't tell anyone. I'm like, if that's your thing, oh, no. then it brings you joy. Like then go for it. Like I'd rather you were like that than down the f- pub every week, like football hooligan or whatever. Like yeah. I just yeah, like if it brings you joy, then and then do you it. can find your people as well. Yeah, like, exactly. I know. I like so history would be my thing, and because I've put it on my stories a few times, I now have chats in my DMs about Richard the Third. <laughs> but I find my people because I'm not going to get out of you two, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Board Don't games I'm, and history yeah. and dungeons, dungeons and, 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 and dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, we wanted to chat to you. You've got not one, but two books out. One is a baking book, Bake Me a Cat, which yes. I have got. So yeah. cute. And it's brilliant. It's so cute. Um, and you've also got a graphic novel yeah. out, haven't you? Tell us about that. Comic books and graphic novels used to be an uncool thing. And it kind of is. And a lot of people now go, oh, is it for children? But actually, it's for kind of everyone. There's graphic novels for everyone. And it's just about everything I love, baking, mental health, about uh, loneliness and, yeah, finding your people via baking. And it's quite sad, but also uplifting. It's about, well, the main character, a lot of her experiences are based on a lot of my experiences, but with a lot of fictional elements. So that she joins a baking club um, and she's really socially anxious. And there's a lot of people there who she kind of meets and over time you see that you know everyone's kind of armors that they have and their own issues that they actually have and they come together through baking and she makes friends with this older lady who you know seems super confident um but she's also got her own issues and things happen i don't want to ruin the ending but it's quite sad and it's not a ending where it's like everything's okay and baking solves everything yeah because I don't I don't do that (laughs) Mm. it's more about taking small steps forward and how things can get a little bit better and that's why it's called turtle bread because obviously I love baking turtle bread not real turtles but bread that looks like turtles <laughs> glad you clarified um, thank you but also, <laughs> i must clarify and um, there's also like a metaphor of like stepping out coming out of oh, your shell wow, i love that and taking slow steps forward but not mm. always forward sometimes you take steps sideways and backwards but mm. hopefully overall you kind of close very slowly forward but also about your shell being like that kind of armor and trying to step out of that and be vulnerable and yeah, make progress, slow progress. I just think that's so lovely. And I love that in there, it tackles the subject of loneliness, which we may have to talk about another day because that is 
our episode with Kim Joy. I've just loved it. I feel so happy now and I just, I feel light and I've had a very long, hard day at work. I don't know about you two, but I, I just feel fabulous. So Kim Joy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful. Yeah, we've loved it. You're good people. Ah, oh, thank you so much. You're good people too. <laughs> we love you. Oh, thanks. That's all from us today. Thank you guys so much for listening and we really hope you found today's episode interesting. If you ever want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, email us go love at crowdnetwork.co.uk and you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts where you can get ad-free and early episodes for £1 a week or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week Crowd Network a place where you belong <laughs>